welcome to episode six of the Canada Club, where I get to hang out with my biggest fans, my contributors. Thank you so much, everybody. We are at 125 contributors on Patreon. There are more on PayPal, and I want to thank each and every one of you, and that's why I love doing these episodes more than even my main show, because I'm even a little bit more candid, a little bit more honest. And I want to just talk to you as if you're sitting in my living room and we're discussing pinball and we're having a good time. So let's talk on this episode about one topic. And the topic I want to talk about is who's to blame for the pinball prices these days. And if you go nowhere more than just eBay or the marketplace on Pinside, the pinball prices are astronomical. It's out of this world. This used to be a hobby. I bet when most of us got into this hobby, one of the attractive things, pins were always expensive, but one of the attractive things was if you wanted a pinball machine and you wanted three nice machines, it might cost you like $18,000, maybe $20,000 for three really nice machines. And it wasn't a hassle to get them. And I know for some of you listening right now, you're like, Chris, you're crazy. When I got into pinball, I could get an Adams Family, a Twilight Zone, a Whirlwind, a Toten. I could get each of these machines for like 1500 bucks or $2,000 back in the 90s. Yes, but I wasn't in this hobby in the 90s and neither were you. And the most money people would ever spend on a machine was like a medieval madness restored by high-end pins. And you'd be spending at most like $15,000, but that was like, they're never making any more, and this game is better than new. But I'm looking at prices now, and I'm looking at games that nobody wanted a year ago. Now, all of a sudden, Yellow Brick Road Wizard of Oz went from being an $11,500 joke. Like, I was there. I was at TPF when Jersey Jack himself got up and announced another edition of Wizard of Oz in which they were removing stuff from the game and then charging more money. And that game sat for a year. Nobody wanted it. $11,500. Now people are listing them for sale for $16,000, for $18,000. Willy Wonka CE, Collector's Edition, right? There was a distributor who was sitting on 35 games new in box, right? 35 games. And nobody wanted them for an entire year. They sat and they were what? $12,500, right? COVID hits. Then all of a sudden people realize they're not making more Willy Wonkas because they're making Guns N' Roses and everyone runs and buys them in like a week or two. Why? Did the game get any better? No, it didn't. The game wasn't any better. The game is still, I believe, a total miss. But now all of a sudden people are clamoring for it. And now if you want one, I'm looking at Pinside. It's $14,000, $15,000. What is going on, people? And then I'm looking over at Spooky Pinball the last couple weeks. They don't even show gameplay. Sold out, 1,750 games. Stern doesn't even need to show gameplay on any game now. 750 Mandalorian LEs sold out. And not just that, in one day, now Mandalorian, 12,000, 13,000, $14,000 people are spending on Mandalorian LE. So let me get this straight. You're going to spend 50% more than a game is worth. 50% more. There's not 50% more mechs in it. There's not 50% more code. There's not 50% more of anything. Why? 
Why are we doing this? I'm looking at Medieval Madness Royal Edition. It wasn't hard to get a Medieval Madness Royal Edition. I remember when they announced it. I got one. I didn't even want it after having it locked up with Pinball Star, and I just let it go. Someone else got it for $10,000. Now people want $18,000 for it, an 80% increase on the same game that was super easy to get. So when I asked the question at the beginning of this podcast, who's to blame for the price increases in pinball? I want all of you to do yourself a favor. I'm going to do it too. The person to blame for all of this, go grab a mirror and look at the person in it. It's us. It's you. The pinball collector, the pinball buyer, it's all our fault. We've all created this scenario in which these pinball companies and pinball buyers and pinball sellers are now treating every single game like it's some rare, prestigious work of art. There is such an unbelievable amount of FOMO that is sweeping through pinball, and I'm going to tackle this on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. And I know people want to say, Chris, it's just COVID. People are bored. It's not that. It's not that. This has been brewing for a while. It's all of our faults. It's like, it's not even about the pinball machines anymore. It's simply about acquiring something that is rare, that is special in your mind, that you think is limited, and that's an item to flex with. It's really becoming a lot of that. Because when you look at stuff like the Yellow Brick Road and Wonka and basically stuff like Stranger Things, it's not because people feel the games are now great. It's because they're worried that they won't be able to get it. That's it. It's that fear of missing out. It is the strongest emotion possible that these companies can leverage. And here's the part I don't get. For most of you out there, the fear of missing out, you probably all have amazing pinball machines in your collections. You probably have access to amazing pinball machines. And these games that are skyrocketing, right? And you see the ones I'm talking about. $38,500 for a Pirates of the Caribbean new in box. More than a Honda Civic Type R. I'll tell you which one is more fun in my book. It's not the pinball machine, okay? Crazy, right? The only reason that game is so expensive right now is because they're not making any more. Each and every one of you, me included, could have bought that game easily. Why didn't we buy the game? Because we didn't buy the game because they removed all the fun mechs from the game. We didn't buy the game because they didn't have any assets from Pirates of the Caribbean movie. We didn't buy the game because the game took a year to come out and they overstreamed it to the point where nobody wanted it. We didn't buy the game because nobody wants to choose from 22 characters when they start a pinball machine. It's like learning a Bible to figure out how to play the game. And so we didn't buy the game we didn't buy the game because we didn't want the game. And the only time we wanted the game is when we couldn't have the game. And that isn't what this hobby is supposed to be about. Remember, the joy of pinball, the whole reason these games are out in the world, they were always meant to go out in the world, play them in arcades, enjoy them, put a few quarters in them, and then go home and do something else with your time. They weren't meant to sit in homes and be stared at and gawked at like some rare piece of artwork that's only in 200 locations on planet Earth. And that's what we're doing now. And these things are not even pinball machines anymore. They're just collector items. And we've moved this hobby into the collector item realm. And I'm going to tell you why this new direction of pinball is going to do nothing more 
then make everything so expensive, but the quality is not going to get better and the games are not going to get better. And we're going to end up paying through the nose for pinball machines without getting more in them. And I want to talk about a few points, right? So the first point that's really just telling these manufacturers just keep raising the prices is the fact that everyone just keeps buying pinball machines sight unseen. Think about in your world, what do you spend a lot of money on that you buy sight unseen? Think about it. Do you buy your house sight unseen? Do you buy your car? Do you buy an engagement ring? Do you buy your clothes sight unseen? You don't even have to show me what it is and I will buy it. There is nothing else I know of in my world where I buy it sight unseen. Absolutely the most asinine behavior that each and every one of us, each and every one of us engages in. And as long as we create this behavior, as long as we tell these pinball companies, we will buy whatever you're selling if the theme is decent without even seeing it, without even knowing there's magic under the glass, without even knowing there's a world under glass, without even knowing what the artwork is, without even knowing what the mechs are. I mean, I can look no further than Mandalorian LE to point out a game that has absolutely no magic under that glass. I am sorry. I'm not going to be an apologist like all you owners who have it, but that is the most uncreative, unimaginative game I've ever seen considering the theme. All of the cool stuff they could have had in that game. It's Mandalorian, people. Force powers. They could have had a puck that had a hologram that tells you who to go after with the next bounty. They could have had a floating baby Yoda crib. All the things they could have done, nothing's in it. Nothing's in it. And people want to spend three to $4,000 and claw over each other to get one? This is where we're at. And you're telling me Stern's not watching this behavior? They just jacked up. The amount of Ellie's they made by 50% and they sold out immediately. I bet your bottom dollar we're going to start to see Stern Pinball raise the price of their Ellie's now to 10.5. And then they're going to make a thousand of them. And this cycle's going to continue. It's not because Stern is doing it, it's because you'll all buy it. And you'll buy it sight unseen. And here's the other thing that always kills me is I saw this in a thread the other day. Someone was blaming Jersey Jack Pinball and how Jersey Jack raised the prices of pinball. And Jersey Jack is the reason why games are so expensive these days. And without competition who makes games that are full featured and not overpriced, Stern is never going to lower their prices and prices are never going to come back down. And I was like, wait a minute, it's not Jersey Jack's fault. It's not American Pinball's fault. Yes, it is true that there is zero competition in this hobby when it comes to Stern Pinball, and everyone else who tries to make pinball machines can't get their act together and get games out on an annual basis. We all know that. It's not that Stern needs more competition for prices to even out. It's that people need to just stop buying games. If a game comes out and it's not great, People need to stop buying it. Stern would put more into their games if people would just stop buying them. But right, that's not even the question, right? Because then it gets even scarier. Imagine if Stern did put more into their games. Then people would be fighting over each other even more to get them, and the prices would keep going up and up and up. See, this is like a perpetual motion has happened. Like this whole thing is now a snowball effect, and there's no stopping it. Because people didn't listen to me years ago when I told everybody the Stern bomb on a machine is $3,000. And when you realize that, 
and that Stern employees themselves go home with LEs. I think they were going home with LEs for like 4,000 or 4,500 bucks. That's what a Stern employee could walk home with an LE. Now, if I'm wrong on that, Stern Pinball, you let me know. But I heard from some people over there that that's around the price that a Stern LE cost them. And then it was still comical when they wouldn't even give like Zombietti LEs of his own machines. I mean, the contracts these people signed with Stern seemed pretty piss poor. Um, again, club episode, so I'm just going to say stuff that maybe I shouldn't. When I told everybody that, and then you started to see Stern prices go up and up and up, and they weren't putting more in the games, they weren't doing much more. They were putting an LCD in the game fine, and they were using artwork, but nothing mechanical. They were making the cabinets cheaper, people. They were taking the cabinet brackets out of the games to save money. People's cabinets were cracking. They had to wait until people's cabinets were cracking to put back in a $3 part. And that's how Stern Pinball makes money. They go over the entire machine, and they say, where can we save a dime? And I would love to be working at Stern. I would love to be an investor at Stern because if I'm a marketer and I'm walking into Stern's boardroom, I'm like, what are we doing trying to put more in these games? Let's not do that. Let's put less in these games. Let's get some big themes and these fools will buy it. Let's make SLE versions of Batman and Elvira and these fools will buy it. The more we take out of these games, the only thing we have to do is we have to make them look pretty with artwork. And here's the deal. We're going to pay an artist a one-time fee to do the art package on three games. How easy is that? All right, we're going to code the game so every game has the same exact code. These idiots spending more money on the LEs and CEs, right? We're, they're, they're idiots because they're not getting any more game for their money. I mean, think about that. I know that the premium is, yes, and the LE have more than the pro, but think about that for a second, people. When you spend $3,000 more, let's think about the SLEs. When you spend $15,000 on the machine, they can't even code a unique thing for you. They can't even do anything for unique for your Elvira game. They can't give you like a special wizard mode for that extra money you're spending on the machine. No, they don't need to. And so that's the conversation is if we have a community that buys sight unseen that will spend $15,000 on a piece of rug, we're just scratching the surface of where we can take this hobby. And I'm telling you, the next thing we're going to see from Stern Pinball is a $500 price increase in probably all of their games across the board. And then they're going to turn on their internet and get ready for it, people. And then it's going to be monthly subscriptions for all these games. Now, the other thing I was thinking about is like, all right, so I understand that there are a lot of rich people in this hobby and you might be one of them. I'm not like this really, really rich guy. I'm not. And just to give you like a little bit of an overview, I do okay. Brendan and I do okay. We, we don't have any mortgage payments. We're able to pay our bills. We're able to invest money every month. And we're saving our way towards a retirement that hopefully will be south of like 65 years. And we are trying to generate wealth the old-fashioned way. You know, you work hard. You try to eliminate your debt. And then you use your income for wealth generation. And maybe I'll have a eureka idea one day. But I'm not in that kind of industry where if I have a great idea 
that I'm gonna get a cut on it. You know, it was like the guy who invented Pac-Man. He didn't become rich off of it because that was his job just to help them design games. He was just an employee. It wasn't his company and that's sort of where I'm at. Now, that being said, I love what I do and I like that I don't have to like worry about keeping the lights on every day. I have to worry about coming up with ideas and that's the thing I'm good at. I've said I'm a lot like J-pop in a lot of ways. I'm a creative. I don't wanna run the company. I don't wanna run the business. I don't wanna run the finances. Other people are doing that. My job is to come up with creative ideas that keep people happy. If I were to start my own company, I think it would end up a lot like Zidware. We're like, what happened? Who's doing all this other stuff? I don't know, I'm just coming up with the fun stuff. There's a lot of wealthy people in this hobby, okay? I've seen your houses, I've seen your game rooms, I've seen your cars, and I know there's a lot of people that don't and just love pinball, and that's fine. And this is not a, a class warfare thing I'm about to say. But here is something that I think is another issue with pinball and why all of us are to blame. For you wealthy people out there, for you collectors out there, for those people out there who want something that's super expensive, you wanna flex with, right? For those gentlemen out there that want that Rolex, that want that McLaren, that want that item, you want that Gucci, you want that item of clothing or car or house, you buy things that show other people your taste, your wealth, and your status in this world, and that's okay. Now, for those of you out there who want a pinball machine, to show that and to flex in that way, here's the problem. Nobody is making pinball for rich people. And yet there are a ton of rich people who want to collect pinball machines. And because of that, because nobody has the guts to make high-end pinball machines, the rich people are creating high-end pinball machines where it should not exist, okay? And this might be my most intelligent point of the last five years. It is the rich pinball collector who has arbitrarily forced the prices up of games that should be nowhere near the prices they are at. Pirates of the Caribbean is not a $38,000 experience. If all of us just bought that game when it came out, Jersey Jack would have kept making it and it would not be where it's at. It's not a $38,000 pinball experience. The legs are not dipped in gold. There's not some incredible mechanism in that game that's worth the price. For $38,000, they would have had the triple spinning discs. They would have had the treasure chest open and close. And Jack Guinari himself, for $38,000, his head would have popped out of the coin door singing zippity doo -dah as he licked you in your privates. Okay, that's what you would have got for $38,000. But for $12,500, you don't get that stuff. And this game is still a $12,500 game until... The rich people determine and the collectors determine, oh my God, it's so rare, they're never going to make any more and let's go throw all this money at this stuff. Why isn't anybody making a $30,000 pinball machine? I just want to throw this out there. Why isn't anyone making a $30,000 pinball machine? If I want to collect a watch, I can buy a $10,000 watch, I can buy a $300,000 watch and all watches just tell time. If I want to buy a fun car, I can buy a Mazda Miata for $25,000 or $30,000, or I could buy a $300,000 McLaren. They're both fun cars. Pinball's fun. It's a toy, right? Why can't somebody make a $30,000 pinball machine and satiate the super rich collectors that are out there in pinball? Why can't someone get the guts and create a boutique company? We're going to make 250 
we're going to make 250 of Matrix games. And each one is $30,000. It's enough money for the license. It's enough money to pay Eric Minyarm way more than he's making a Jersey Jack pinball. It's enough money to get the best artist. It's enough money to get the best mechanical engineers. Why doesn't someone do that? Like a company like Spooky, if they wanted to, they could do that. The money is there. If there were only 250 Matrix games in the world for $30,000, they would all sell. And I mean that. But no one's done it. See, what's happening now is these games are going up to some of these prices, but they didn't start there. And that's where I think it's pathetic because when you look at the games, you don't see a $38,000 item. You don't see a magical, never-been-done-before-anything in the game. I mean, how pathetic is it to spend $38,000 on a Pirates of the Caribbean and it doesn't even have clips from the movie, which they could have put in every game if the games originally were $25,000 or $20,000. They could have, but they didn't. And that's the thing that I think is just also stupid to me in this hobby is that nobody wants to cater to the high-end pinball collector. And so the high-end pinball collector is bullying his way into the mainstream. They're making the mainstream games now super sought after and super expensive because that's what they do. That's what collectors will do. They will pump up and they will inflate an item because they need something that they deem collectible. And that's what we're seeing right now. Oh, yeah. So right now, like Stranger Things, Ellie is like worth $12,000 all of a sudden. And now this is the new one to chase after. And the next month, it's going to be, watch, Elvira. Once they announce they're not making any more Elviras, everyone's going to run towards that game. And it's just going to keep going up and up and up to the point where three stern pinball machines next to each other. Get ready for it. Three stern pinball machines in which the bomb, and that is what they put into the game, is around $9,000 is what they put into those games. You're going to be able to line up three stern pinball machines soon. And for $9,000, your three games in the collector market are going to be like $45,000, $50,000 when there's only $9,000 in real materials in those things. Does anybody want this? I mean, I'm just thinking about it right now. Do you guys want this? Is this what we want? Is this what we want? We want to turn pinball into a collector market. We don't want it to be a game anymore, right? Do we really want this? I mean, I don't see this in modern day video games. That's the other thing too, right? It's like, these are new games. These aren't like the old games they're not making anymore. This is brand new stuff. Like, I understand why people are spending a lot of money on vintage video games because nobody thought to collect them. But this is different. These are brand new. There's no brand new video games that come out that skyrocket like this. As long as everybody keeps buying like blind sheep, the prices are going to keep going up and up and up. The other part that's happening is more and more of my friends, and I say this is impacting me too, is we're just kind of getting deflated by it all. It's just not worth it anymore. You start to wake up and be like, you know, this hobby used to be really fun. It was a lot more fun when you could still get stuff and get access to games. And, and if games were fun and you enjoyed it and then you wanted to pass it on as a community, People would sell it to you just to give you the experience. And it was like we were helping each other out, right? That was what it used to be. Pinball was this tiny little niche community in which we all helped each other out and we helped each other get stuff. And now it's turning into like, who can I stab in the back to get an LE spot with the distributor? How many games can I buy now to flip? And we're seeing it. How many of these games can I buy and just make a profit for myself? 
And the reason why I've indulged in that behavior too is because you get desensitized to it. Basically, I'm like, there are so many rich guys who are now flooding into this hobby. Most of them are not on pin side. Most of them have no clue. When I sold my Batman LE, when I flipped it to a guy, he didn't even know what code was. He put the game in his house. He just liked Batman. He would still be playing that Batman 66 on the first code. And we all know there was no code in that game when they launched it. And that's where we're at, right? There's like, there's a handful of suckers who will just spend it because they have no clue. I think for most of us, I think for most of us, what we're all hoping happens is somehow, somehow this begins to sort of even out. And everyone knows what will happen eventually. There will be an eventual recession in America. It's coming. It will come and people are going to need money. Unless you have so much money, it doesn't matter, which is not the majority of pinball buyers. It's not. There's going to come a point in which if the recession hits and inflation hits and things become more expensive and your investments go down and your job security goes down and you need capital or you want to have your money in areas that you feel are more stable, you might need money to make ends meet. Having a lot of money in pinball machines might not be that wise. I also think we are going to reach a point, and you know this, this is going to happen. It's just going to get oversaturated. We're kind of already there. I see a lot of people's game rooms. There's not a lot of room left for all these new games coming. And there are a lot of new games coming. And for a lot of you, you're just addicted to buying pinball. Just admit it. Every time there's a new game, you're one of the sight unseen people banging on the door of your distributor saying, get me one. If Toy Story came out tomorrow, it would sell out even if they didn't fix the play fields. There's something about it. There's something about it. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the other part I would work on, all of you, I would work on your mental strength to avoid that FOMO to avoid feeling like having these things will make me happier. The better way to look at it, the better way to approach life, I'm happy with what I have. I don't need more. I will enjoy the games I own. I will explore them to the fullest. And when I'm done with them and I'm bored with them, I will move them on. I won't hoard them. I won't ask $25,000 for a Pirates LE. I won't. Yeah, fine. Make a profit. But we all know, we all know like where the profit is and then where the ridiculousness is, right? My friend Justin Kelly, I think he supports this podcast. Justin bought his Matrix pinball machine. You know, they made like 12 of them, the guys over in the Netherlands. He bought it for $25,000, right? Great. Justin, goodbye. I had a chance to buy it. I didn't buy it. It's a reskin of a Johnny Mnemonic, right? This wasn't a game made by Bally Williams back in the day where there was only eight kingpins or eight King Kongs. He's listing it for sale for $75,000 or $79,000 on eBay. So that's great. Thank you, Justin. $50,000 profit. And I know what people do. They do this. He's not really trying to sell it at that. But my point is, if you bought it for twenty-five, dollars Justin... Why not pass it on to the next guy and make a $10,000 profit and everyone's happy? These things just can't keep going up and up and up. But this is where we're at. This is where we're at. And the one thing you barely see people talk about on Pinside and you barely see people discuss is playing the games. The happiest dude in pinball 
has got like a beat up Star Trek Next Generation or a beat up Last Action Hero. He's got one pinball machine. He wakes up. He grabs a few beers. He jumps on it. And he has an incredible few hours playing pinball. That's the happiest man in pinball. It's not the guy with 30 pinball machines who can't possibly play them all where hardly anyone ever comes over his house to play the machines. And then like years later, he's trying to sell his stuff for double with only 200 plays. You know, that's the big thing. Less than 200 plays. That's not the happiest guy. And the reason why, let's face it, the reason why people want to keep buying the next and the next and the next is because you're not really satisfied with each of these new machines you're getting. You're not. You play them, you realize there's not a real world under glass, you realize there's not a ton of pinball moments in these games, and most of us have been brainwashed. Think about it, you've been brainwashed. You've been brainwashed by all the people that just wanna sell you games. They want you to fall into the hype. No, if I were to ask you what are the magical moments of the last five years of Stern Pinball Machines, it's amazing to me how short the list is, how hard it is for people to think of, oh wait, when Kaneda puts it like that, there really aren't many magical mechs or moments in these pinball machines. But hey, Kaneda, they're fun. So here, take my money now before I see it. I think all of us are on our own pinball journey. And I do implore each and every one of you to find the balance that makes you happy. But I will never stop beating that drum. When I start to see these prices get to where they're at, it makes me angry because I know there's not magic put into these games. I know they're not giving the designers those kinds of budgets. But think about how stupid it is, right? If Stern knows they could sell every Mandalorian for $12,000, why not give Brian Eddy $3,000 more to make that game worth it? If they know they can sell Guns N' Roses for $18,000, why not give Eric Minier more money to put more into Guns N' Roses? That's why it sort of upsets me is these things are flipping immediately for so much more, but the game isn't so much better, and the code isn't so much better, and the art isn't so much better, and the mechs aren't so much better. It's like we're not getting what we're paying for. You're just paying for some cosmetic stuff that doesn't change gameplay at all. That's not cool. Give us more world under glass, all right? Everybody, this has been episode six of the Canada Club. Thank you so much for your contributions. I'm going to keep doing these shows just for you guys. I'm also going to be releasing my merchandise very soon. And as I said on my other show, I am going to make my first merchandise item exclusively available at the beginning to everyone who's a Canada Club member. And the first t-shirt will be Viva La Raza. And it's to celebrate that Canada Spinball Podcast has sold more subscriptions than Robert Mueller will have sold of Raza Pinball Machines. So look for that email at some point and you're going to be able to order. I'm going to the vendor today. I think it's going to be like white and black. We'll see if that's too expensive. And you're going to be able to order your size before I put the order in. So this isn't like I'm going to order 122 and I know most of you haven't been to the gym like Canada. Come on, I know. Put your fitness first. I'm ordering a small people. How many of you can say that you could fit into a small of a Canada Pinball Podcast t-shirt, okay? Your contribution means the world to Brenda, Killian, and myself. It's a lot of hard work doing over 600 podcasts. I know for a lot of you, you're not donating just for these special club episodes or for merchandise. 
you're donating to say thank you, Chris, for all the content you've given us over the years. And I know that and I super appreciate it. And this is just the beginning of the Canada Club. So look for more fun stuff to happen as well. And I'm probably going to go to Pinball Expo. So if you're going, we do have to have a special Canada Club hangout. All right. Nobody else invited. Just VIPs. You, me and Jack Winari. You won't have a hard time finding me at Expo. Trust me. I mean, my Canada outfits sort of are pretty bright and loud. I'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>